Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. What's up, everybody? My name is Aaron DeLong. I'm the lead pastor here at Simple Church. I want to take just a moment to greet our online family, those of you that are in our online campus, those of you that are watching on Facebook, and even those of you that are tuning in either through YouTube or listening on our podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, today is a great day because we are starting a brand new series called What's Next. And this is a series that will take us all the way up to Easter. In fact, I want to remind those of you today that today is your last day to get an Easter box. It is full of goodies. In fact, if you go to uh, the link that is being shared or is in the description of this video, uh, today's your last day to curate your own box and have it delivered the week before Easter so that your family can be enjoying uh, things that are, are related to Holy Week, some fun activities, some goodies. Uh, so make sure today by midnight that you register for that. You can still register to join us for Easter, which will be at the Marcus Cinema on Easter Sunday, April 4th at 10 a.m., uh, all the way up until that event or until that event fills. So, uh, so but note that today is the last day to register for a box. So, uh, but this series is, is all about asking the question of, What's next? Because really everyone, that means me, that means you, everyone is somewhere on a spiritual journey. Even atheists, people that don't know God or don't even believe in God, they're all on a spiritual journey. In fact, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God set eternity in the hearts of man. It means that, that we have this internal knowingness, this longing to be connected with eternal things, things that are beyond us. It's, it's, it's something we can't get away from because it's woven into the fabrics of our hearts. That means that, that no matter what, no matter what you call yourself, no matter your station in life, no matter where you're at in your spiritual journey, you're going to look for God. In fact, I would say it this way is that life just doesn't make any sense without God in it. And so we're all somewhere on this spiritual journey. And that means that each of us has a next step to take. And the Bible in its totality, when you read it from cover to cover, it makes the journey that God has for us very, very clear. And as your pastor, well, I get to be your tour guide through what all of that means. And so let me just share this, that our series is really motivated by this verse. It's found in Proverbs 29, verse 18. This is the King James version of it. It says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, this word vision is the Hebrew word chazon, right? And this word chazon, uh, I'm not saying calzone, by the way, which sounds absolutely delicious. I love a good calzone. But I'm saying chazon is the, the Hebrew word that means a revelation, a, a passion, something that you care about, something that you dream about. Where there's no passion, where there's no dream, where there's no revelation, the people perish. In other words, that death comes. Now, maybe not like a physical death, but it's it's a, a walking through life with no purpose. It's a walking through life having no meaning. And ultimately, because you don't know why you're here, it's having no motivation. It leads to death. Another translation, the NIV version of the same verse says this, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Now, what that means is that because people don't know why they're here, because they have no passion, because they have no vision for their life, they, they live without care. In other words, they live irresponsibly. You've heard people say yellow, right? They have this careless living attached to their lives where anything goes. And they live anyway if none of it matters. Because 
if why I'm here, if I don't have a real reason for being here, which is what the devil constantly attacks is our identity and our purpose and the why that we're here. And if he can get you to buy in that, that you're not really here for a reason, we're all here by accident. We all evolved and we're all just mistakenly here. Well, then we'll live our lives as if they don't matter. And what happens when we do that is chaos enters into our lives. And I don't have to tell you that. You know that. You've experienced that. Some of you are experiencing that now. And the problem with chaos is that chaos is painful. And so when we begin to experience pain, our human nature is to resist pain. We don't like pain. We are so pain adverse. We want comfort things, right? So we try to fix it. We try to get out of pain by stopping poor behavior. That's why a lot of people try religion because it's a whole bunch of rules. It's a whole bunch of behavior modification. But the problem is if you try to modify your behavior without adjusting your why, your passion, your purpose, without understanding why you're here. Your behaviors may change for a season, but they won't be, you won't be transformed as a person because your behaviors are rooted in your reason for existing. And when you have no reason to exist, those, those things, those, those things that you're trying to do, those rules, they become restraints. The, the behavior modifications, they only lead to further death. In fact, I would say that you can't fix something by stopping something, right? You can't, you can't fix the issue, the chaos in your life in the, in the casting off of restraint by adding rules. You can fix it by acquiring something, your passion, your revelation, your purpose, and ultimately your why. Another translation of this same exact verse, we're going deep, we're looking at it. It's actually a, a paraphrase, which means that it's just being told in someone else's words. Again, Proverbs 29, 18. If people can't see what God is doing, well, then they stumble all over themselves. So, so if you don't know why you're here, if you don't know what God's plan and purpose for your life is, then you'll just stumble through the dark. You, you'll just fumble through everything, not knowing what it is. You, you insert chaos. You just watch this. It says, but when they attend, when you give attention to, when you add intentionality to what he reveals, well, then you are most blessed. So we stumble through this life without purpose. We have chaos, no clear path, and ultimately wander aimlessly. And I promise you this. Those of you that are experiencing that pain of chaos, those of you that are experiencing the death in your life of not having a purpose, all of that can change and if you'll attend to what God has for you. And I'm going to help you do that. Because if you do, the Bible says that you'll be blessed. Plain and simple. That's what this verse says, right? It says that if you attend to it, you are most blessed. Now, a lot of translators would say that that word blessed means happy. But what that word blessed really means is that you're experiencing contentment. And I don't know about you, but I could use some contentment in my life. And it's contentment that is not just found in your heart. It's contentment in your soul that regardless of your circumstances, you have joy. And we're talking about a joy no matter what is going on in your life. I want that for you. And I know you want that as well. So the question is, how do you get there? How do you experience that level of contentment? How do you have joy no matter what? Well, it's being attentive to the things that God reveals to us. King David said this in Psalm 16, verse 11. He said, you will show me the way of life 
granting me the joy, there's that word joy, of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. See, there's a way to the joy, and I gotta be honest with you, it ain't yours and it ain't mine. It's God's way. You only experience joy when you give full attention, full intentionality to walking out his best for your life. The saddest thing to me as a pastor, one of the things that the saddest things to me is, is Christians who settle for far less than God's best. Like Christians show up and they want, they want uh, fire insurance. They don't want to go to hell, but they don't want to go all in. And as a result, the, the way that they live their lives, the way they walk out their Christianity is that they live in such a way that they refuse all of God's ways for them. They don't give attention to them. And the result of that, of course, is they can just never know the fullness of what Jesus paid for on the cross. But y'all, he went through so much pain. He went through so much suffering, so much shame. And he did it all for us that I just think it's the best thing that we can do. The best way we can honor the sacrifice that he made is get everything that he paid for. Because for us, it's a free gift. A lot of us are going to heaven, but we're living hell on earth now. And I'm telling you that that's just not God's plan. Jesus said this in John 10, 10. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And many of you are experiencing that right now. Oh, you're going to heaven, but the devil's been robbing you. He's been killing things in your life and destroying things in your life at every turn. But Jesus said, I, I got something opposite. I got something better. He said, I've come. The reason I'm here is so that you can have life and have it to the full. And friends, I'm, I'm here to tell you, Simple Church, it's time to start believing that you can have that because you can have that. So, so here's the journey. Here, here's, here's the plan that God has for us. And as I mentioned before, you can find this cover to cover. There's, there's four specific things that God has for every single one of us. Things that he wants us to attend to. And, and I just love this. These are four things that, that if you've been at Simple Church for a while, you've heard these things. And I even love how we got to, uh, how these four things that, that we use, uh, this journey, how they, how they got defined. Uh, there's a church, uh, in, in Birmingham, Alabama that, uh, we love. They're very generous and, and they have helped us incredibly, uh, to grow as a church, to grow at our leadership and to, uh, uh, just, just been such a gift to us. But they actually took a bunch of people that were far from God and they set them down in a room and they explained uh, the, God's plan, his journey for them. And he used, they used them as like a focus group. And they sat them down and they said, okay, here's, here's the four things. And they, they said it all in Christianese. And they said, your goal is really just to kind of help us say these things in ways that people that don't go to church that pe people that have never been to church at all, or, 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 you know, that people that don't, don't, don't understand what a relationship with God could be. Your job is to tell us, how do we say this in a way that everybody can understand it? So they came up with, with, uh, with beautiful language for it. And it's this, uh, you, if you've been here, you know, them. it's Sam with me, maybe pop them into the campus if you know it, but it's know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. Those are the four parts of the spiritual journey that every single one of us needs to be on and give attention to. The first one, of course, is no God. Now, you know what? Nobody comes to a church because they're interested in growing that church, building an organization, or joining religion. But everybody comes to church because they want to know God. Even atheists want to know who God is. That's why they're asking for proof of who he is. 
And we're not talking about knowing God as if you know things about him, like that you know this about God. We're talking about you know him, like you know him in your heart. You know him in an intimate and very real way because what I'm not talking about is religion. I'm not talking about rites, rituals, robes, and rules. That's not what I'm talking about at all. What I'm talking about is a relationship with the creator of the universe, the God of love who loves you because he can't be untrue to himself. What I mean by that is that God loves because he is love. He knows you. He loves you. And he wants you to know him. And he wants you to love him. Paul said this in 1 Timothy 6.21. He said, some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. It's that they just don't know God. And today you can know God at the end of this service. I'll give you an opportunity to enter into a relationship. But the next step in that journey, which you can't do, by the way, without doing the first one, you can't go on this spiritual journey and give attention to each one of these steps without the first one, because the first one gives power to the rest of them. And each step as you take it gives power to the next one. So, so the next step is find freedom. Find freedom. This is where you, you start giving attention to dealing with the hangups and the issues and the past pains in your life. Dealing with that, that part of you that you know that if you dealt with it would make your life better. In fact, I would say this, that you simply need Jesus. Here's why. Because Jesus said this about himself in John 8, 36, that if the son sets you free, which is what we're all looking for, freedom from our past, freedom from our mistakes, freedom from our hangs up. If he sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Here's the deal. You need freedom from those things so that you can begin to see your life clearly, so that you can begin to live your life in a way where you are no longer bound, so that you can begin to live differently. And ultimately, finding freedom is, is to ensure that you have the freedom to continue discovering your purpose. That's the next step to discover purpose. See, when you know why you're here, it makes all the difference in the world. And when you don't know why, like our verse said earlier in Proverbs, you stumble all over. You live a life of chaos, a life that is, that is, that is unkept and undirected. And that's why we have growth track here at Simple Church. Now, we used to do it every, every Sunday, the first, second, third, and fourth Sunday directly after service. And since we haven't been in in-person services nearly, by the way, this is, this is a year. This service right here marks a year that our Sunday in-person services have been suspended. But we've still been offering growth track online. So instead of four Sundays, let me just say this. It'll be four Zoom calls. And what we'll do is we'll help you do what, what Galatians 6.4 says. We'll help you make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you've been given. And then you can sink yourself into that. That's what that verse says, that Paul desired for people to understand, why are you here? What has God called you to do? Because I believe that God has a very specific work for you to do. And he didn't say, okay, let's see, this is how they're made, so this is the work that I'll give them. No, the Bible says that he decided what he wanted you to do a long time ago, and then he made you to fit that need. He made you specifically for a purpose on purpose. And once you know why you're here, 
man, you get to act on that and you get to start to make a difference, which is the subject of today's topic. So we're going to look at these four uh, these four steps in this journey. And what we're going to do is we're going to start and go in reverse because I think it's easier uh, to get to some place when you understand your destination. And so we're going to start here with make a difference. And the next week, we'll just work our way up to it. We'll end at Easter Sunday talking about how to know God. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll have a whole bunch of people come to know God on that day. Amen, everybody? And so let's just start off with this. Jesus said this about each of us in John 15, verses 8 and verse 11. He said, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. See, the, the, the purpose of us making a difference in people's lives is to give God glory. It, it's that we would bear much fruit, that our the, the fruit that we would bear would be the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But also the fruit that we would bear would also be the good works that we would do. It would also be the people that we would lead to put the faith in Jesus He says, it's to my father's glory. There's a purpose for it. He says, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That that if you're following him, fruit should be in your life. He said, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. There's that word joy again. And that your joy may be complete. Now listen, you can't follow Jesus and not produce fruit. It's what he did. And what he's saying is he's leading us to do the same. In fact, he even promised that if we attend to this, if we attend to producing fruit or making a difference, that we'd know joy that is beyond any joy that we've ever experienced. He called it a complete joy. I like that because a complete joy means that you won't keep looking for it. A lot of us, we find something that scratches that itch inside of us. We scratch that itch of joy and we scratch it through drugs. We scratch it through partying. We scratch it through sex. We scratch it through accomplishments or money that we've made. And we feel this joy, but the problem is, is that joy is temporary because it isn't the complete joy we're looking for. It's not the thing that fulfills us. So we may experience a sense of joy, But Jesus promises a complete joy, a joy that once you find it, you're not going to look for it anymore because you found it. You found the ultimate source of joy and it's in him because you found it in him through you living your ultimate purpose. You say, Aaron, I have an ultimate purpose. Yeah, you do. Your ultimate purpose in life is to make a difference, not just here in this life, but for eternity. You know, when I started Simple Church, I started out with this resistance to starting a church club. I, I didn't want a clubhouse for Christians. I, there's this long-standing trend for churches to get started and to have a, a, an initial mission and they gather a bunch of people, but then they just kind of turn it into a clubhouse. They make it difficult for people to get in and they start doing stuff on their, in their Sunday morning services and doing stuff throughout the week and, and becoming focused on doing stuff that they like. They don't concern themselves with others outside of their church. They become a club. And I resisted that. I, I said, I don't, I'm not setting out to do this. I'm setting out to create a church that is on mission. And that has been a long standing trend for churches to, to focus internally and just on themselves. But there's a current trend that I think is even more dangerous than just that. It's a current trend that started during this pandemic and people have, have, have identified it through this simple phrase. You know, Aaron, it's just easier in this season to do nothing, to do nothing. 
I'm not going to go to church online. I'm not going to go to church in person. I'm not going to serve anymore. I'm not going to find a new way to serve in this season. I'm not going to uh, worry about focusing on anybody but myself. And I'm just going to sit inside because it's really just easier to do nothing. Now they've landed at that decision. They've landed at that thing that has defined this current season for them in lots of different ways. But, But that phrase... That excuse, that mantra for this season has caused so many Christ followers to abandon a life of living on mission and making a difference, not just here at Simple Church, but across the country. Christians have used that excuse to refuse to adjust and adapt and to tap into the creativity that the Holy Spirit provides them, that Holy Spirit that dwells within them, that is there to help them figure out how to make a difference now. And while I respect every decision to protect uh, yourself if you're at risk during this season, to protect someone in your family or close to you that that is at risk, I respect your decision to stay home. I respect your decision to want to gather together again. I respect wherever you're at, because honestly, here at Simple Church, we're still all at home right now. But what I cannot do is validate this. It's easier to do nothing trend, because here's the truth. It is not easier. It's not easier. I've talked to a lot of you, and I'm just talking right here at Simple Church, right here. Just just us, our family. You're here for the first time. I guess maybe I'm not talking to you, but I'm just saying maybe you're here because because of this exact reason. But a lot of you, because it said it's, it's easier to do nothing. Many of you have lost your joy. And the reason you've lost your joy is because you gave up your mission of making a difference. And that's a lot of you, as a result of losing your joy, you're now experiencing something you've never experienced before. And it's depression. It's depression. And instead of praying and asking God, what do I do now in this season? How do I stay safe? How do I keep my family members safe? Which are all valid concerns. How do I now in this environment, how can I be safe and still be on mission to make a difference? See, it's not easier to do nothing for you because you've lost joy. And it's not easier to do nothing for the lost people who are hurting and still need Jesus. They're still in pain and they're relying on you and waiting on you to take up the mission that Jesus has given each one of us to make a difference. Church, we have got to get back to the mission of making a difference. You know, Jesus in the garden, just before he went to the cross, he's talking to his heavenly father and he's praying and he's like, you know, dad, hey, if there's another way that we can do this, if there's another way that we can accomplish this where people's sins are forgiven, well, let's do that. Because Jesus knew what was ahead of him. He knew the pain. He knew the humiliation of hanging naked on a cross. He, he knew the, the suffering that he was to face. He, he knew what, that, that he was going to get stabbed in the back and that all of his friends were going to abandon him in his time of need. Nobody wants to face that. Jesus being fully God and fully man, he understood our humanity. And he's like, Father, let's do it another way. But in the end, he committed himself to the mission in the face of the thing that was difficult. Hear me, church, because I know that we've been in the face of a difficult situation. I know that the pandemic hasn't been easy, but Jesus said this once he committed himself to the mission. Talking about us, he said, in the same way, this is John 17, verse 18, he said, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. 
Friends, just because we're in the middle of a pandemic doesn't mean that that mission has gone away. And I know some of you might be pushing back and saying, well, Jesus went through those things and those were difficult, but he didn't go through a pandemic. You're right, but he did go through those difficult things and he remained faithful to his mission, even though he knew what he was going to go through. And he's been like this throughout the totality of his life. Remember when Jesus was, was young, when he was 12 years old, mom and dad took him to Jerusalem for one of the festivals to de- have Jesus dedicated in the temple. And, uh, and Mary and Joseph, they lost Jesus. Kevin! Now, could you, be a, could you imagine being the, the mom and dad that lost Jesus? But Jesus didn't freak out. Mom and dad are, are traveling. They're far away from him. What does Jesus do? He goes to the temple and he starts teaching. When Mary and Joseph found him, they're like, what are you doing, son? He's like, I'm about my father's business. He was committed to his mission. Even Jesus going to the cross and hanging on the cross, he knew when his mission was over because he declared it is finished. He pursued his life mission. And as Christ followers, we are called to be like him, to follow him in that, to be committed to the mission of making a difference. So this is what we're committed to as a church, and it's living on mission. Paul said this in Acts 20, verse 24. He said, I don't care about my own life. The most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me, to tell people the good news about God's grace. Now, you might push back a little bit and say, well, that's just for pastors, but no, it's not. Paul says this in Ephesians 2.10, talking to all of us, because he says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So friends, if you're here today and you want to experience joy, you want fulfillment, it's found in living on mission to make a difference. Your life will be better when you know why you're here and live that out. Now, I will tell you, we all have a different mission, but it all belongs to the same overarching mission. And the last words of Jesus before he left this earth, he reinforced that. He reinforced the mission that we all have. In fact, he even told us where to go. And that gave us clues on how to do it. Because remember, Jesus lived this life for 33 years. He died on the cross, was raised on on the third day on Easter Sunday. And then about 40 days later, Jesus is lifted off the ground. He's, he was ascending back into heaven, his physical form being taken to heaven. And he's looking down and saying, hey guys, one last thing, right? And Acts 180 says this, he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So let me bring it home for us so, so that the mission is clear Jesus said to go to Jerusalem. He said that this is important that you go there and that you be witnesses, okay? He said that that means for you, for us, our Jerusalem will be our family. It's those closest to us, our friends, our community, neighborhood, the people working at our local Chipotle, and people that we work with on the job. So we have a responsibility, if I was to say it, Simply, and that's to make a difference in my world. Jesus said this in Mark 5, 19. Go home to your family and friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Notice he didn't say go to them and preach fire and brimstone and and hell and that if you don't turn, you're going to burn. Like He didn't say to do that. He said, just go tell them who I am and tell them the difference I've made in your life. 
That, that's all you need to do. In fact, that's what Jesus said. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You, you're just supposed to be a witness. That, that means you're just supposed to tell your side of the story. In a courtroom, that's what a witness does. You bring a witness up and they say, this is what I experienced. Because you're not the judge. You're not supposed to judge anyone. You're not the prosecutor. You're not supposed to condemn them and accuse them. Your job is simply to be a witness to tell them about Jesus, the difference he's made for you. And then I will tell you that your job is to invite them to meet him. And at Easter this year, that's a great time to invite somebody to meet Jesus, to come to church, to have an opportunity to know God. At Easter every year, people are more likely to say yes to join a church service than they are any other time of the year. So these are strange times that we're in. I know that people are looking for in-person gatherings, People are okay with small person gatherings. And then people are still self-quarantining in this season until more of the vaccine gets distributed and numbers and cases of, of COVID get lower. Like I, I understand. And that's why we're offering all three environments. This Easter, we're going to have a, a large in-person gathering, April 4th, 10 a.m. at the Marcus Theater. We're going to have the biggest watch party we've ever had as we watch service together on the ultra screen there and we'll worship together. There'll be watch parties happening, official and unofficial. Man, you can have your own watch party. You don't have to register with us to do that. You can invite a small number of people to your house if that's what you're most comfortable with. But invite them to come over and watch. Have a few bagels and some coffee and, and worship together and watch the service together. And then, and then I know that there's those people that are just, they're just not willing to gather at all in any number. And so, so send them a link. We make it easy to share on social media and, and even placing it on YouTube, you can just text somebody a link. They can watch it right from their smartphone, from their computer, and from most of their smart TVs. Don't miss an opportunity this Easter to invite somebody to one of the environments where they can meet Jesus. And just shake off and shrug off this, this mantra that we've had this season where, Aaron, it's just easier to do nothing. It's not easier to do nothing. Let's do what we can do now. There's lots of things we can't. Let's do what we can now because people still need Jesus and you still need the joy that comes from living your life on mission and making a difference. In fact, the Bible says this about our opportunities that in Proverbs 3, 27 says, we should never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. So never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. Man, you get to be the reason that people's lives turn around this Easter because they will have met Jesus. And I'm just going to tell you this. You're never going to know the joy of bringing someone to know Jesus if you don't invite them to an environment where they can. So you've got a responsibility to invite those that are closest to you to, to be a witness for them. But then Jesus also said you've got a, a responsibility to be a witness to those in Judea and Samaria. And that means those that are close to me but different from me. Now, the, the, the disciples who were listening to the, in the Jewish culture, in the context, when they would have heard that, they would have thought that was interesting and strange to them because Jews didn't associate with the Samaritans. They were considered half-breeds, dogs to them. They, they ranked them with tax collectors and prostitutes. They were not a people that they would have associated with. And Jesus is saying, hey, the people of Judea, 
the people of Samaria, people that are close to you, but different. They're, they're not from your background. They, they all got, they've got a different life experience. They've made different life choices. They, they belong to different social circles. So, so Jesus is saying, hey, let's step through the, the barriers that exist here. Let's, let's step through the barriers of people that maybe you don't even like. Maybe, maybe it's people that you just have a bias against or a prejudice against. Let's step through those barriers. Let's, let's make sure that we're making a difference in their lives. What, what about the people you don't agree with? The people on the other side of the fence of your political uh, uh, beliefs and, and your political party or your cause or, or maybe even the people that you don't think deserve another chance. I know there's lots of people that fall into this category, Christians who look at people specifically in addiction. I've had so many conversations over the years where people have said, you know what? They did this to themselves. They don't deserve another chance. They don't, they don't deserve Jesus. And I just, that just breaks my heart because all of these people, the people you don't like, the people you don't agree with, the people that you have a bias against and the prejudice against, the people you don't think deserve another chance, all of them are God's kids. All of them are equal in his eyes and all of them need to know Jesus. That's why it's important that we bring it home and you realize that you have a responsibility to make a difference beyond your world. You say, Aaron, how do I do that? How do I reach them? They're not in my world. First Corinthians 9, 22 says this, whatever is a person is like, this is Paul speaking. And Paul was a great missionary. He went out and met people, planted churches. He said, whatever person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that it'll let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. That's the key right there. It's finding common ground with him. I'll tell you, your common ground with every human being is that God loves them and that he created them. There's some common ground. But if you're looking for more, this is exactly the reason why we as a church, we do at the movies every year because there's people love movies. There's a common ground. This is why we go out and play kickball together. It's not just because we're goofy and silly and like to play kickball. We do. But we also realize that being in the community and having a team that people can join and having having a team there to play other teams gets them, gives us an opportunity to find common ground with people. Our grow groups are not limited to studies. We do activities activity groups as well, because people may be more willing to hang out with a bunch of Christians if it's around something they like to do. Even our outreaches are focused on outside of, or meeting the needs outside of our individual church. In fact, our next building, the building that we are looking for right now, we are so committed to not going back to church as we did. We want to be able to have a building that will also allow us to facilitate the housing of the Dream Center. And the Dream Center is focused on Need, uh, finding a need and meeting it and finding a hurt and healing it. That It's finding this common ground, giving, it, giving us an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. It's also why as a church, we're committed. Uh, there's a percentage of our finances every single month that are committed to the local food pantry, the heart food pantry, so that people feel loved and they are served there and people pray with them there. It's a beautiful thing. In Galatians 6, 2, Paul urges us this as we're living on mission, stoop down. Reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. Man, this is one of the, the reasons why we're in this current campaign called A Simple Thank You. We're sending out care packages to the essential workers who have continued to work throughout this pandemic season because they've had to. This is hospital workers. This is people that work at the grocery stores. They've had to expose themselves to all kinds of risk. This is to those even working in the addiction recovery centers that are helping people through addiction. They couldn't stop. 
None of them could close their doors or close their businesses. And we wanted to just reach out and tell them thank you. Give them a simple thank you. A care package that lets them know that God loves them and we're thankful that they have continued to do the work that they're doing. We're looking for common ground, guys. Common ground to reach those that are beyond our world, to reach those that are not like us, to reach those at other social circles, to reach those that are different. And the last place Jesus told us that we were to live on mission and make a difference is the ends of the earth. And that means those that are far from me. That's, that's everyone else, everywhere else. And so we have a responsibility to make a difference in the whole world. Like this is why we take serious our, our responsibility and our opportunity to sponsor kids in Honduras. Like, like a lot of us have, have kids that we sponsor and that we love and, and, and we've missed. Man, we missed going and seeing them on a mission trip in 2020. And it looks like 2021 is the same, but we're just not going to be able to get down there. That, that we have these two centers and we have all these kids that we sponsor. And the reason that we sponsor them is because these kids... They, they wind up in their own communities. These little kids, I watched it happen while I was there. They get turned into drug dealers. A lot of them get roped into illegal activities through the gangs. Some even get trafficked for sex tra- or through, through the sex trade. And going into a community like we have in Honduras and loving these kids and sponsoring these kids surrounds them with people that love them, surrounds them and builds a community so that those things don't happen as often. It transforms the environment so that those kids have opportunities that they never would have had to know that God loves them. They can make a different choice. It's why as a church, we're committed to planting churches, not just here in Ohio and in the U.S. We have a specific missionaries, uh, missionaries that we support in Indonesia. Their whole goal is to plant churches in Indonesia. But, but, but we want churches planted around the world too. And we are committed to that. A percentage of our, our finances every month, we are committed to funding churches and us training up leaders and planting churches ourselves. We've already planted one and we would love to do more. But we also need to support missionaries that are called to go and we do that. Those that are out there living in foreign countries that are called to leave their families, leave their home life, leave their comforts and go. We, we do that as a church. We sponsor them. In Mark 16, 15, it says this. Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. So, so, so we have this responsibility. For those of you that are able to go on mission trips, go on mission trips. Some of you might be called to be a missionary, to go. Go be a missionary. Some of you are, are maybe not called to go, but the way that you can partner with them is to pray with them, to write letters of encouragement for them, for those that are out in the mission field. And others of you, it's to give with intentionality or to give as you are able. And you can do that through Simple Church, but you can also do that by meeting some of our missionaries, getting some information on the ones that we support or discovering your own and, and supporting them monthly, financially on your own. You can do that. But here's the thing. If you'll attend to the mission, if you'll attend to the mission of making a difference, specifically in these three areas of your life, those close to you, those that are not part of your world, and those that are in the rest of the world. What you'll discover, Jesus promises, is real life. So, so this Easter, invite people to an Easter service, even people you don't like, even, even people that aren't like you, people that you think are gonna say no. You never know. 
Be committed to helping further the gospel around the world. And if you do, you'll find life, you'll find joy, you'll find peace, but you'll find so much more because Jesus said this in Mark 10, verse 29. He said, let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything for love of me and to tell others the good news who won't be given back a hundred times over. You know, for years I read that as just like a hundred percent back. You'll be given back what you give in. I'll give you back a hundred percent of what you put in. But that's not what a hundred times over means. A hundred times over means a hundred times a hundred. That's a, that's a 10,000% return on your investment. And Jesus is like, hey, you'll get back what you put in, but you'll get so much more. So simple church, let's be a church on mission. And that mission specifically is to make a difference. Amen, everybody. Let's pray. Father, today, I pray that you would just shake us loose of our excuses, specifically in this season. That, that excuse of it's just easier to do nothing right now. I pray, Father, that that conviction would settle in our hearts. It is not easier. It is not best for us. And it is not best for the world and the mission field that you called us to. There are people that are in pain. There are people who are hurting that need to know Jesus. And as a result of not living on mission, there's so many of us that have lost our joy and are experiencing depression. And I pray, Father, that you would remind us of our mission to make a difference. And Lord, I also ask for the creativity to understand how do we do that now? How do we do that in our current parameters? How do we do that with our current limitations? Lord, show us who to invite to church this Easter. And I pray that God, that person you put on our hearts, I realize that we may need to have our hearts soften about that person, about who to extend the invitation to. And I pray that you do that. I pray that you give us faith as we begin to pray for them and invite them. Lord, give us steadfastness in our commitment to supporting the work of the gospel around the world. And I, God, I know that that may, that may lead us to making sacrifices in our, in our, our lives. That may mean that we, we cancel our cable in order to, to give to those that are, are living their lives on mission around the world. But, but, but God, I just pray that, that we would have a joy and a, that complete joy that you promised us, a sense of fulfillment because we are contributing to the mission that you have given us to do, knowing that we're gonna receive 10,000 back on what we put into it. Now in this moment, I, I just wanna talk to those that, that you'd identify, man, I'm, I'm far from God. And this whole making a difference thing is something that you would really love to do. You, you wanna do that, but here's the thing, you, you can't do that. You, you can't make a difference with your life because you. You don't know why you're here and, and you haven't found freedom yet. You gotta start with the very first step and that's know God. And so you can do that right now. You can accept Jesus and what he's done for you. And that, that doesn't mean that you're gonna be perfect. It doesn't mean that you've got it all together. What it means is that you're gonna accept his lordship. It means that you're going to accept a responsibility to discovering his best for your life. And, and when that, that discovering that best for your life conflicts with how you feel or what you want, that you ultimately resolve, well, Jesus is Lord and I have to trust that what he has for me is better. So I'm gonna follow his ways, even when they're hard. That's what it means. So if you're ready to experience forgiveness, you're ready to experience a, a, a transformation in your life, if you're ready to know God, we do that through Jesus. So pray this prayer with me, repeat the words and just mean them in your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. I wanna know my heavenly father. I wanna know God. 
Forgive me of my sins today. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit and show me how to live for you and empower me to tell others about you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, all of heaven is celebrating with you and we'd love to celebrate with you as a church. In fact, if you're in our online campus, there's a little, I'm raising my hand to say yes to Jesus button. Would you just click that so we can, it tells everybody, it shows them all. Hey, I've said yes to Jesus today. We'd love to celebrate that with you. Uh, in fact, we, we would love to take the, help you take your next steps on your spiritual journey. And uh, if you fill out the digital connect card, which you can either find in our online campus or in the description of the video, uh, if you'll click that link and say, hey man, I said yes to Jesus today, we'll help you on your next steps. We'll make sure you have a Bible, make sure you get connected to our church, to Growth Track, so you can understand God's plan and purpose for your life. Uh, We're just so thankful that you are here with us today and we wanna celebrate you and walk with you and uh, welcome home. That's what I wanna say, welcome to your church family. So, all right, well, as we wrap up today's message, wanna give you an opportunity to give. The ways to do that are on the screen. Uh, you can give through our digital uh, digital means. You can mail in a check if you'd like to. Uh, and uh, uh, thank you so much for your giving. It has been uh, really just incredible to see that, that even though we don't have a building in mind yet, we're looking for one. People continue to give to the building fund. People are being faithful to give to the In This Together campaign, which is funding a lot of, of outreach. 100% of the money given to the In This Together campaign, uh, which, is, which is funds that should be above and beyond your ties. Uh, given, 100% given to them goes directly to the community and serving people during this, this difficult time of the pandemic. And, uh, and, and then you've just been faithful in your giving in general. And so there's much to celebrate there in your generosity. Thank you so much, Simple Church, for giving. Uh, thank you for, for being faithful to it. Uh, again, man, we are, are going to be continuing this series next week. I can't wait to see you. Hopefully you'll be in prayer about who you're going to invite Easter Sunday. Remember, today's the last day. You can sign up for an Easter box. You got until midnight. So uh, God bless you guys. We'll see you back here next week for part two of What's Next.